You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. I would like to begin with a mushal, with a king who lived in a faraway land, and he had a big giant empire, and one day the king died. And that's the end of the mushal. But I want to tell you a different story, another story that happened this about a year ago, Cholhamoetsukis. We were driving back from Gaver's farm in Frederick, Maryland, and we left the farm We were in one car, and my brother-in-law was in another car. He was in a gray minivan. And, you know, he left a few minutes before us. So when we finally left, I decided, you know what, I want to catch up to him. What does that entail? Well, it entails driving a little bit on the faster end, Um, you know, just to play catch-up. So... I started driving a little bit over the speed limit. Every time I thought I saw his car in the distance, I saw a a gray minivan. I sped up, but to my dismay, I looked over. It was someone else. It wasn't actually my brother-in-law. And after returning home, I said to my brother-in-law, I was driving pretty fast, and I tried catching up to you. I couldn't find your car. Where were you? And he told me, he's like, that's so funny. I was doing the same thing. I was trying to catch up to you the whole time. At the beginning of the trip, I got off the highway to get gas, and I saw that you passed me in your car. And the rest of the journey back home, I was trying to speed and catch up to you. So just notice the irony. The entire time, I thought I was behind him playing catch up to him, when in reality, it was the other way around. I was actually well in front of him. And I think there's a powerful message from the story. We often view life as if it's one big drag race. Everything is so fast-paced. We're running here, running there, constantly trying to catch up to other people and their accomplishments and beat them to the finish line. But that's only if we view life as a race. If we don't view life as a race, then hey, there's no finish line. There's no beating anyone. It's their accomplishments, my accomplishments. It doesn't really It doesn't really matter what they did in relation to me. And too often we fail to realize that in reality, we're not really behind them. It's just our perspective. It's our perception. It's it's deceiving. We think we're playing catch-up. We think we're running behind them. We think we're losing in the quote-unquote so-called race of life. We think they made it. We think they have it. They think We think they are much farther along in the race of life ahead of us. But it's really not true. It's a lie. It's really a type of sheker. Life is not really a race. It's not a drag race. It's not me versus him to get to the finish line called God. It doesn't work that way. It's everybody in their own playing field. It's like, you know, you have Lahav deal, you have... Uh, race car game so in a race car game everybody's trying to race each other to see who gets in first place but now take swimming as an example okay let's say michael phelps so yeah you know he's the best swimmer in the world right and yes it's a race with an olympics against other people but if you're a guy and you're number one in the world the next time you race If you think about it from a certain perspective, you're not really racing everybody else. You're racing yourself, right? You're trying to beat your record from last time to get faster than that. So on a certain level, 
it's kind of what life is about. We're kind of racing against ourselves. Okay? We have to view ourselves. I'm the best in the world. The world was created for me. I'm amazing. I'm awesome. And now, how am I going to be better? How am I going to beat my own record? Okay? I had 484 home runs last year. How am I going to get 485 this year? I had 30 stolen bases last year. How am I going to get 35 this year? Okay? My, my swimming record was a minute going back and forth, my speed back and forth, both laps, I could do it in, you know, 30 seconds, fine, next time, I'm going to do it in 20 seconds, okay, that sounds pretty quick, but whatever the case is, I'm going to try to beat my own record and be be a better version of myself every single day, so that's one lesson to learn from here, but another idea is that is the notion of of the world craving speed okay there's even a racing game a car racing game it's called need for speed and it's a culture we live in of a need for speed this necessity to be fast the necessity the need to be quick and to just go 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 and keep on going in fact according to cnn the fastest 5g networks are expected to be at least 10 times faster than 4G. And some experts say they could eventually be 100 times faster. That's fast enough to download a two-hour movie, obviously uh, Agent MS movie, in fewer than 10 seconds versus around seven minutes with 4G. Think about rush hour. Rush hour, you know, people view rush hour, okay, between 6 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. And then again from 3.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. But rush hour is no longer limited to those six hours of the day. Rush hour is now every hour of every day. We're constantly rushing. We're constantly living in this race of life. We have this need for speed. We have the necessity to just keep going and, and, and be quick and, and try to catch up. But it's not necessarily the best thing. It's not necessarily what Hashem wants from us. And, you know, because when we're constantly rushing and running, it takes a toll. Imagine the day in the life of Ruvain, okay? His alarm clock rings. He quickly smacks it so that it's quiet. He wakes up 30 minutes later, realizes that Shul starts in a few minutes. And then what? He quickly jumps out of bed and races over to Shul. In Shul, he can't take how slow the pace is. So he quickly mumbles Dobning and runs out of the Shul before Eleno. And then on his way to work, he speeds through traffic. And on one set, once he's at work, he rushes through whatever Dobning documents he has to get done and then he speeds through the traffic to get back home he gets home quickly says hello to his spouse and to his children he sits down for a quick supper he then gets ready then he gets ready to do the daf yomi he takes out his gemar chooses a shear on his phone on all daf or whatever platform he's using and sets the speed of the shear to four times speed now that means that the rabbi giving the daf yomi shear sounds more like a chipmunk than a human being but hey it's going to be quick. It's rushed. It's it's quick. It's that need for speed. It's that necessi- it's that necessity for quickness. I found a fascinating article in the Harvard Business Review. And the author Tony Schwartz, he says the following. He says, "Speed is the enemy of depth, nuance, subtlety, attention to detail, reflection, learning, and rich relationship." In essence, it's the enemy of much in short that makes life worth living. And I couldn't help but think how this connects to the theme 
of our Parsha, Parshas Noach. The Torah tells us in chapter Vav, verse Yud Aleph, verse, once I say verse, I should say 11, right? Maskim, okay, whatever. In chapter 11, verse Yud Aleph, the Torah says, Vatishachis ha'aretz the land, the people of the world became degenerated. They became corrupt. What is Hamas? There are many different commentaries of what's going on. What was the de- what was the degeneration of the generation? What did people do so wrong? They, they were involved in robbery, in gezel. That's the same thing. They were, in ro- they were involved in giloy arayos, promiscuity, licentiousness. They were involved in bestiality. They were involved in stealing things that were a pruta and a shava pruta, things that were somewhat valuable and things that were even less valuable. They were involved in taking women by force. They were involved in so many negative aspects of life. They were involved in taiva and desire. And this taiva represents the fleeting desires of this world, the things that are quick, okay? It might be nice to steal 100 bucks, right, from somebody. Okay, I got the 100 bucks. I'm going to go buy 100 Slurpees. Seriously, like, what's that going to really do for you, okay? The mobble occurred because there was this degeneration in the society. There was this need for speed, this quickness of taiva, of running from one thing to the next, from this person to that person, from taking this person's money to that person's wife, from taking what's not his to what's not hers. And it's just this quickness, this need for speed, this drive for more, 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 more. And then what? Hashem brings a mobble because it's the lesson that you think you have so much, you really think you have it. No, no, no. You have nothing because if you're trying to live life so quick, if you're trying to just run from here and run to there, then there's really no depth and there's really no meaning. And there really is no nuance and no basis for your existence at that point in that time. Tony Schwartz continues. He says, speed is a source of stimulation and fleeting pleasure. Slowing down is a route to depth, more enduring satisfaction and to excellence. And this is representative of Noah. Noah, besides for meaning like to be calm, tranquil, rest, like the Lushan of Menucha, the Torah says, Es Eloikim Hishalech Noah. Noah walked with Hashem. What's the significance of walking with Hashem? Perhaps in contrast to running with the world. Because there's two avenues one can take. One can be in the realm of One could be running with the world, or you could be You could be walking with God. You could be taking life in depth. With with the with that slow route, with that satisfaction to an excellence, with that meaning, with that drive, with that wherewithal, with that spiritual power. So yes, the entire world was running. The entire society that was before the mobble and during the mobble, well, not during the mobble because they were destroyed, but the entire society that was, was one of running after the world, running after the pleasures of this world from this to that. But the Torah tells us there was one man who chose not to run along with the rest of the world, but instead he chose to walk with God. And that's what the Torah means, Noach. Noach walked with Hashem. Because this, my friends, is the secret to godless, the secret to success, the secret to greatness. Don't run. Walk. 
slow down, be present. That was Noah, whose very name means rest. It means calm. He lived in the moment by living every moment. And may we be Zoha to do the same. Thanks so much for listening to the Torah Sparks podcast. God willing, Amir Tzashem, and you know what Amir Tzashem means. Amir Tzashem means Hashem wants. And trust me, Hashem wants us to continue learning, to continue growing together, to continue walking with Him on this world. Even though it's a world that's running, let's learn to hold back and to walk with Hashem.